Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We need to get some lyrics, lyrex, to uh, to that old music. One day, one day I'll fly away. Uh, make sure everything is on the screen so I can see it all beautifully here so that we know what the f*** is going on. Good. Welcome. Episode 65 of the Scott Gibson Show. I am Scott Gibson. Who else would I effing be? Um... Listen back to a couple of episodes just to hear some of the things that we had uh, discussed. Uh, I was, uh, I was not only disgusted with my my myself, but uh, I'll just say that the last few episodes have been very sweary, very sweary. A lot of sea bombs, a lot of sea bombs getting dished out left, right, and centre. I don't know if that is uh, a deep lying manifestation of anger that's on the inside, and possibly it is. Possibly it is. Um. Some good news, uh, some good news, w- w- number one, number one, the UK is now uh, number one for COVID deaths in the whole world, every single country that exists on this sphere, we're tapping the tree, numero uno, it's, it's like the old days of the empire, huh, wherever we went, death would follow, you know, 
And uh, you can always count on that. You can count on that. Uh, whatever the whatever the empire would go, death, uh, a, a strong cup of tea, cricket, and uh, the the the, uh, the Protestant church, men are would follow. Um, and now, like like those days when we were feared, once again, fear runs across this uh, this awful land we call Great Britain. Um, number one, number one for for deaths. Uh, Trump is Trump's it. As you are listening to this, uh, yesterday was his last day. The the bull Biden is coming in. Trump's it. He's, they've had to change the Wi-Fi passwords. Uh, as I imagine it's been fucking carnage in that White House. Um, if if I fully imagine he's left a shite in the bedside table, uh, super glued doing all his mugs. It's it's going to be if Joe Biden thinks he's going to go to the inauguration. And then get in his bed in the White House and have a cracking sleep. What a fuck! He's gonna to have to move into a hotel, possibly one of the Trump hotels, for a week till they fucking sort the place out. I have no idea the cleanup operation that is going to be involved in uh, removing the the Trumps from the White House so that the new uh, administration can take place. But what a job that's going to be! What a job! Um, so yes, number one, Trump's needs way out. There's snow in the Sahara Desert, very much one of the signs of the apocalypse. Um, you know, life is not doom and gloom, or is it? Is is the big question? And uh, you know, it's not looking, not looking great. I I like many of you. I I imagine. I'm now done with it all. I'm just I'm just done. I'm finished with it. I've had enough. I can't. I can't handle it anymore. I um. I feel. I feel like I'm going a little bit crazy, and it's the it's the monotonous Groundhog Day, the constant repetitiveness, the getting up, you know, breakfast, lunch, it just stuck in these same four walls, sitting at this desk doing the podcast. It, it's it's such a strange situation that we still find ourselves in. Almost a year down the line, still dealing with it, with the repetitiveness. Now, I think I think that's the thing that's getting to me the most. It's the repetitiveness, and there is generally no sign of it easing. Really, no sign of it easing. I read an article today that was talking about the twenty twenty two Commonwealth Games potentially being postponed. And I mean, first of all, I was like, I didn't even know the Commonwealth Games was still a fucking thing. Turns out it is. Turns out the next one, 2022 in Birmingham, I believe, uh, it's potentially being postponed because they're unsure as to whether or not, maybe not, things will be relaxed by then because I imagine we'll probably be back into some kind of tier structure within the next few months, but whether or not it'll be enough that, you know, full international travels. I mean, we only need to look at the absolute fiasco that's becoming the Australian Open, the tennis. They've brought people over there, and it seems as now as if all the players are quarantined in the hotels. One of the players, and I can't remember her name because I don't watch tennis because I'm not a Tory, posted a video of her doing a 5K in her bedroom, in her hotel room, because they're, 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 they quarantine in their hotel rooms. They can't leave the rooms. So she's having to keep up, keep up her, her fitness regime in a hotel room. And this isn't like some kind of suite. You know, this is a hotel room. She's literally just running back and forward the length of the room to run a 5k and you're thinking what the 
fuck is going on, man? What's going on? Um, but you would have seen this. You would have seen the news that the, the UK is now number one. And to be fair to Boris Johnson, many have doubted him. Many have doubted the man's ability to lead this country back to greatness. And here he is, you know, a couple of years in his tenure. And he's got us to number one, man. I mean, there was a time when America was so far out in front, you know, you, you wouldn't think we could catch them, come close to them. But here we are. The UK now is the highest COVID death rate in the world. Nearly 1,000 people are dying each day on average in the UK. Meanwhile, New Zealand has not recorded a single death since September. Why is that? Why is that? We we are... COVID is continually reported daily on the news. I talk about it in this podcast every fucking week. And trust me, it does my head in. I, I, I still don't understand how somewhere like New Zealand, even parts of Australia, can have it lifted. New Zealand not recording a single death since September. What the fuck are we doing differently? Or what are we doing wrong? Not definitely. What are we doing wrong? Um, this article is from The Independent. Uh, now, it is a couple of days old because, like I said, it was announced a few days ago that we have gone back to number numero uno. The UK uh, now has the highest death rate of COVID-19 for any country in the world, the latest data has revealed. On average, 935 daily deaths in the UK over the last week was the equivalent of more than 16 people in every million dying each day from the virus. Figures compiled by University of Oxford-based research platform Our World in Data show that no other country matches the UK's per capita rate of deaths. Come on! Let me read that again. No other country matches the UK's per capita rate of deaths. Number one. The UK overtook Czech Republic. Who knew it was even that bad in Czech Republic? Which had held the top spot since 11th of January. Oh, they must have been gutted! After the government published the latest coronavirus deaths on Sunday night, the weekend's figures tend to be lower due to a lag in reporting, meaning the number of new daily cases in the UK will likely rise once again when the new figures are announced on Monday. So here we go. Top 30 countries by COVID-19 death rate. Seven-day average of new daily coronavirus deaths per million. Uh, and this is from the 17th of January 2021. Um... And of that, so this is deaths per million people. And of the deaths per million, the United Kingdom is at 16.55. Followed quickly by Czech Republic in second place at 16.32. So not much really to separate them. And then it gets interesting because the countries underneath that are Portugal and Slovakia. Portugal and Slovakia both have... uh, a death rate per million, Portugal 14.82, Slovakia 14.55. The numbers themselves maybe don't you know, resonate that much or mean that much to you if it's deaths per million, so we're, we're talking about per capita deaths, but if, if you are discussing countries such as the United Kingdom, a rich country, a, a wealthy country with a, an established national health service, you know, established police force, established established chains of response for something like a global pandemic. And we are up there with countries like Czech Republic, 
Portugal, Slovakia, and Lithuania. No, I've been to Portugal, I've not been to Czech Republic, I've not been to Slovakia, I've not been to Lithuania. I can guarantee you these countries are not as rich as the United Kingdom, and from the little experience I've had of said Portugal, they are in no way as equipped as we are to deal with something like a global pandemic. Yet our death rate is higher than all of these countries, higher than any country in the world. Down that list, you've got Sweden. We know that Sweden's numbers are starting to soar because they had such a long period of time when they were, they had nothing in place. They weren't wearing masks, they weren't distancing, they weren't quarantined, they weren't anything. And then they've had a, a hit of the pandemic and so they've almost caught up with the rate of infection for the rest of the world. But even again, countries underneath that on this list, and this is the countries most affected per capita, so per million of head in the country. You have countries like Slovenia, Andorra, Panama, Hungary, Latvia, South Africa, Croatia, Poland. Countries that are, as I said, not as developed, not as equipped to deal with these kind of things as we are yet, our death rate swamps them. Bottom of the bottom of the, of the list is Israel, five point five one uh, per million capita. France, but bottom five point five five, very low rate in France. Lebanon, six point two eight. Well, let's look at the states: United States of America. Remember, this is per capita, right? So they will have more deaths than us because they have a bigger country, they have more population. But United States of America is only ten point zero three, and we're at sixteen point five five. Jesus fucking wept. A further 671 COVID deaths uh, recorded on Sunday brings the total number of confirmed deaths from the virus in the UK to 89,261. Now, it's not a huge number, and I've spoken about this before. It's not a huge number. 89,000 is what fucking Old Trafford, right? It's not a... It's, not a, it's a horrible number. These are 89,000 people who have died. And, and when we start to report these back again, we would do the whole... Fucking Sky News death toll. Dong! 16 dead! Bring out your dead! We forget that these are people. This is 89,261 people who have died. 89,000 families who have been ripped apart. 89,000 families who are probably unable to attend a fucking funeral for their loved ones. Be by their bedside when they're battling this disease. So we've, we there is very much a humanity aspect detached from it from the way that they report in this country. But 89,000 deaths, man, is... It's it's insane, you know, it's insane. And and the worrying thing is it's sat about 50,000 for a long time. You know, it's sat about 50,000 towards the end of last year for a long time. We're now at almost 90,000. We're, we're about to double it within the space of, what, a month, six weeks? The article, uh, like I said, independent, goes on to say this is the highest cumulative death toll in Europe and ranks only behind USA, Brazil, India and Mexico globally, all of which countries have far higher populations. The UK has experienced more than 3.4 million confirmed infections, the equivalent of one in every 20 people. Max Rosa, a University of Oxford researcher and the founder of Our World and Data, said our country's took quicker and more decisive action in the early stages of the pandemic. The last COVID death in New Zealand was in mid-September, he tweeted. 
UK death rate is now higher than it was during the first major wave of the COVID-19 infection in April when it peaked at 13 million people daily. Latest government figures also reveal the number of people in hospital with COVID-19 is much higher than the first peak, suggesting the number of new daily cases will continue to rise. It's, uh, it's, it's worrying, man. You know, we talk about these new strands. We talk about the NHS being overwhelmed. I mean, I'm, I'm starting to get a bit... You know, I'm starting to question again the, the, the situation with the NHS because... And obviously we are still dealing with a vast number of people who are who have illnesses and who have sicknesses that are not COVID-related. Right? I think that we are forgetting about it. It almost feels as if the, everything else has been put on hold because COVID is the, the big thing. And it must be quite a frightening time. I, I imagine it must be terrifying if you are, for example, God forbid, dealing with cancer at this moment in time. I also think it would be fucking terrifying if you were pregnant at this moment in time. I would be beside myself if my missus was pregnant right now. I'd be fucking shitting my pants. I'd be scared for them to get in the hospital. I'd be scared for somebody to visit at home. It must be a terrifying time in your life if you are unfortunately battling any kind of illness at the moment. Now, the other side of that coin, and let's start having that discussion. I'd like to see that more readily in the media. I imagine the volume, vast volume of negligent cases and just fucking, let's just say what it is, fucking pensioners rocking up to their GP, rocking up to acts in the emergency, rocking up to us, when there's fuck all wrong with them. I, I imagine that has dramatically reduced. But if, if the focus just now is still on dealing with COVID and wards being overwhelmed or doctors being overwhelmed or hospitals being overwhelmed, Explain to us exactly. Explain to me exactly what is involved in the process of dealing with a COVID victim, because that's what I don't understand. Because it seems, again, as a completely ill-informed person on the outside looking in, you come in, you're put in a, a ward or a bed, you're quarantined, you're on a ventilator, you're on a series of drugs, which they, at this point, I would hope they know makes a difference. And then it's a fucking countdown clock. Let's see how it fell and fill our fluids. Let's hope you get better. What 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 is the is the, is the overwhelming element just the number of people that are coming in the the lack of beds, the lack of equipment. What what is it that's being overwhelmed? Number one, no man. Number one in the world for COVID deaths. It is fucking terrifying. I am also genuinely also absolutely amazed that I have not got it. Amazed. I can't be the only one. You must be, if, you, if you're listening to this and you've not had COVID, there must be a little bit of you going, I cannot understand how I've not got it. Now, yes, I'm careful. I, I don't, we don't go anywhere. There's nowhere to fucking go, right? I don't, I don't, you know, I'm I, I'm not, um, I don't go and see friends. I don't, I'm not one of these people that like, goes and hangs out in people's gardens. Or, I go and hang out in gardens, man. <laughs> I'm sure there's people who, you know, hidden gardens long before COVID was a thing. But I'm not, what I mean is that I'm not that type of person. Not, and, and you know what? Let's just be honest. I've really got nothing against those people. I mean, they're obviously no helping, right? Obviously, there are, there are a lot of people who are no help in the current situation. But So I don't go anywhere. I'm in the house. I take a dog for a walk. And I genuinely try to avoid people. No, I did that long before COVID started. 
I've never really been comfortable in large crowds. I don't like busy places. The the my my thing I hated long before uh, coronavirus and lockdown. I hated a busy restaurant or a busy cafe or a busy bar. I fucking hated it. I like space. I like a bit of calm. I like a bit of quiet. I've all this way. I've always liked it. So I do generally try and avoid people. Even today, again, I go out for a big walk at lunchtime. Take, so I take tour manager in the morning. He gets a big walk at lunch. He gets a big walk uh, when my missus finishes her work at six. And then he'll get a walk again at night. And then he goes out for a pee. And that's his day, right? And he loves it. He's loving lockdown, man. Four big walks and then out for a pee for his bed. Loves it. Even again today, lunchtime, one o'clock, walking around the part of Edinburgh where I live. The streets are fucking swamped. It's as if there's a new Greg's opening somewhere. The volume of people that are in the street is fucking alarming. Not one of the bastards got a dog. If every fucker in the street had a dog, I'd be like, Christ, it's a busy time for dog walks. They're just fucking out. Where are you going? What the fuck are you doing? Cannot still to this day. All the restrictions, all the lockdowns, everything's happening. I still cannot believe the sheer volume of people that are out in the street. But, but what's what's going to change, man? I'm trying. I'm trying to make this all doom and gloom, but I'm just at that point now where I am. I'm at my wit's end. You know, it's it's not even now like how long. I mean, realistically, if I don't get back to gigging again, right? Gigs don't open, theatres don't open. We can't tour. We can't go and do shows. You could probably stretch it out for another year, right? If I had to, I could stretch it out for the rest of this year, right? Go back, start back, gigging again too, in 2022, right? If I had to, if that worst case scenario, I could see that through. Because I've got the podcast, I've, I'd, I'd try and do some other bits and pieces, maybe we'll do some more online stuff, whatever it be. But you'll find a way to be creative or keep that flowing, right? But the one thing I cannot cope with, and I don't know how much long I'm going to last, is just being in the house, just being stuck here. And I was talking about this the other day and I'm starting to think, I wonder if it's a, a certain groups of people who are still causing the problems, who are still causing the rise and the infection, who are, to, who are still not following the rules. And I'm thinking it's two groups of people and it's the kind of either end of that social scale. Because realistically, if you are... If you're a, a man or a woman or a couple or a family, whoever you are, and before this, you didn't work. You're on benefits, right? You know how to play the system. You tick all the boxes, you do the right things, you know what you say at a GP, you get yourself signed off, you're on your benefits. That's your life. It's a life you knew. Your family done that. You got yourself a council house at 16. You've been signed off. You're quite happy. You pick up your benefits. And your life before lockdown was you sat in the house, you watched daytime TV, you went to the pub, and you got pushed with your other wee fucking daft pals, and you sat about the house. And then COVID's hit, and you still get your benefits. Nothing's changed there. Everything in your life is the exact same. Only difference now is you kind of go to the pub, but the pub comes to the house. So you still have your pals over, because none of you don't get sick yet. Doesn't really matter. You don't really understand the consequences of it. And and, and you're mixing, and you're, you're doing the things you shouldn't be doing. But to you, it's not a problem, because... You've not really broke anything out with the little existence that you had. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? And then the other end of it is the the people who are affluent, you know, the the upper classes, who uh, we've we've seen umpteen posts, you know. Oh, Boris saying he's closing the corridor. Well, in that case, we've packed the bags and we've taken the family off to Bali. 
And the fucking... And uh, backwards and forwards to Dubai. Or any country that'll have them. Constantly having breaks, constantly on holidays, in and out. God knows what's passing as they, as they travel, bringing in and out of the house. Staff's still there, they still got the cleaner going. It, it seems as if there's a, there's 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 two ends of the, the spectrum that are just continuing to try and exist as much as they can with their normal life and kind of blinkered as to how they play a part in all this. And then there's the rest of us that are just all lumped in together, that are doing our bit. We're only going to the supermarket once a fortnight, if that, you know. We're, we're getting stuff delivered to the house. We're no seeing friends. We're no seeing family. We're no making unnecessary travel. We're not doing the things we shouldn't be doing. We're washing our hands. We're, you know, we're, we're doing everything we're meant to be doing. But it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Or any kind of escape is pushed back. And there's going to come a point where it feels as if there's going to be some kind of fucking unrest. I don't know. what It's not going to be as bad as America, man. I don't think so. But, I mean, even look at the state of that situation as well. They've had to lock down a fucking city. Because they're unsure as to what's going to happen. There's been... The, the National Guard that's been that's been brought in. There was there was a, an article the other day in the paper about the... Um, they were putting them all through interrogation uh, questions because they were concerned that some people in the, the fucking National Guard, whatever the fuck they're called, may have been extreme Trump supporters and are infiltrated the National Guard. They're going to fucking kick off the inauguration. What the fuck is happening, man? It, it, they're starting to get a bit of a feeling that that kind of... That goodwill we had at the start of, we're all going to come out with better people and everything's going to be great and happy. That's, not only is that fucking gone, that's never coming back. That feeling of, you know, fucking, let's all be speak kumbaya, my lord, kumbaya. Go and get some shopping for your neighbour. Why not everybody meet in the hallway and just say things that they're thankful for? Let's all plant a wee tree in the bottom of the garden. That's fucking gone. And that's gone for good. The feeling now is, Look after number one, protect yourself. That's the kind of sense that I'm getting. And it's it's worrying, man. It's worrying because it's hard to break that again. Because we we've we've gone we've gone down this road for so long now that people are people need a release, you know? The the average person needs a release. I don't know what that release will be. I don't know what that release will be. Who knows? Let's hope it's soon, no man. Let's hope it's fucking soon. Because we all need... I think we could all do a wee release, you know? We could all do a wee... Just a part... Just something, you know? Just something. A night in the pub. <coughs> I've never really been a big drinker. But I, I, it's hard to explain. I cannot put any words just how much I miss. Just a, an old Sunday. Just a Sunday. Going for a walk. Getting into a pub. Getting a pint. Going getting some lunch, getting a coffee, in a wee shop. I can't explain. I think that's what I miss. That that little routine or that bit of, that bit of normal life. That's what I miss. You know, I'm not thinking grand things. I'm not thinking like, oh, I'm going to travel. I'm going to travel every country in the South Equator and the African continent. None of that shit. Because again, normal people are not like that. You know, we're not going to. Covid's not going to end, and we're not going to fucking travel to the Incas. It's not. It's no way it's going to be. But I'm missing things like 
been able to walk about and go into a pub, go into a coffee shop. I'm missing being able to take a laptop or a notepad, sit in a coffee shop with a coffee and doing a bit of work. I am desperately missing that. And here we are with the fuckest highest death rate per capita in the world. <laughs> Fuck. Fucking hell. Wash your hands, man. Wash your fucking hands and your arsehole, as I've been saying for fucking weeks. So, yes, Trump on the way out. Um, You'll be listening to this on the 20th, which is the inauguration of uh, Mr. Trump. Um... I I think I think you know I think things are going to get worse in America. I really do. I really do, and I I don't know I don't know. I'm just very skeptical of. You know the status quo in the old way, and it feels as if America is returning, to, the status the way things used to be. You know. Um. No, and listen, I know that, and I am not. You know, I don't have any fucking skin in the game, man. Right, but. I'm never. I'm not going to argue that the Biden administration is not night and day better for the country and the world than the Trump administration. But the will the changes be what I think that you know some of the lefties in this country think. I mean, I don't think so, man. I mean, the big things is going to be like healthcare and gun control, right? Look at those two little things that have dominated American politics for forever. Joe Biden's going in with, as a Democratic uh, president, controlling the House, uh, a Democratic-controlled House. He's got literally nothing to stand in his way. He's got nothing to stop him making the changes to that country that he wants, other than political infighting, right? Which will start within a couple of months. The health structure and bringing in a, a some kind of national health service or health care for all Americans, it looks as if, I mean, it has to happen. You know, it's got to happen at some point. Some kind of health cover has to happen at some point. And I think that will go in. But things like gun control, it's, it's nev- we all know, right? Most educated people know that is never going to change in America. It's never going to change. Even as much good as Biden, I will, I will be utterly amazed if anything happens with regards to gun control in America. It's a, it's just such a, an alien concept for us, you know? Like, my, my dad lived in Atlanta for about 10 years, right? Almost 10 years. In fact, even maybe even more, but the whole time he was in America. But he was in, in Atlanta, and I remember that him and, and his ex-wife, they, they bought a house, they moved into a house after a couple of years, and they bought it off plan, so it was a, a kind of new uh, development that was being built, and they bought this house... And I remember my dad telling me, because when I went in, there was a kind of, just behind the door, there was a kind of, almost like a small alcove, um, which I thought was a bit weird at start, but there are some things in the house that are a bit quirky. And then the the house was kind of on three levels. As you came in the front door, there was a door to your right, which went down to the den, as they called it. And there was a kind of like a, you know, a man cave, but off of that was a bedroom that was en suite. Uh, and it had utility room and it had another two rooms off it so it could almost be set up as like a granny flat or a or a separate living accommodation right you then had the main part of the house which was the kitchen and living room dining room all in this kind of 
uh, one kind of level and kind of large area went out into a decking back garden and then up a set of steps which was the the kind of bedroom so there was three bedrooms and a bathroom off there right and that's the kind of three levels to this house so it's american house it's fucking massive you know and i always remember laughing because my dad when he left scotland lived in a place called erskine which i'm sure a lot of you know and we were laughing because the the house that he bought in america was the same value in in pounds sterling as the house that he sold in erskine and you probably could have put that house in erskine inside this house maybe four or five times so it was just but again that's what america is so there's this alcove behind the door and when you enter the den there was an, an alcove again which was in one of the rooms and it was the same kind of alcove as the only way I can describe it. Like a, almost like it was if a, a bookcase had been started to get built in the wall and then covered up. And that was to be gun lockers. That was for gun lockers, right? And when my dad was buying it, the guy's going through and, you know, I want my plugs there and I want the sink there and she wants this there and da 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 and walk-in closet, whatever the fuck it is. And one of the parts of the conversation, one of the parts of the plan was, you know, Mr. Gibson, where would you like the, the gun closets to be? And my dad laughed. My dad laughed and went... You know, I don't know, oh, I'm not going to have them. And the look of shock in the man's face. Now, this wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a rough area at all. It wasn't a, you know, a high, it was just a normal area, right? It wasn't like high flying or just where normal people would live in a nice new development in Atlanta. And uh, the guy was shocked when my dad said he didn't, didn't want them. And I think even the planners themselves must have been shot because they would have just been so used to putting the cabinets in because they didn't know what to do. Instead of just, you know, making it flat or putting a bit of MDF up or plasterboard or something, they, they still designed it for the cabinets to have gone in and just left these kind of strange alcoves. Now, eventually, my dad ended up getting a gun. And uh, I think he got it out of, certainly not necessity or want, I think he got it because... Excuse me, and I don't know because I never asked him, but I generally think he got it because he could. And that was it. He got a gun because he, he could get one. You know, never never done it anyway. I don't think he ever filed it. Um, I think he just got one because he, he could get it. And it was just something you did. Now, if even if you were to look at the, the way in which that comes into your psyche... Honestly, if I was to ask myself, if we if we had the same access to guns in this country as they do in America, would I have a gun? And I probably would. I probably would. If it was as easy for me to get a gun in this country as it is in America. If I was an American citizen living in America, the, the ease in which I could get a gun, I probably would have one here. No, would I do anyway? No. You know, would I fire it? Probably not. Where am I going to go and fire it? Shoot it, seagulls, squirrels. So why, why, what is the, what is my desire for it? If you want, and even if they, even if they went down that process and tried to make that a bit more difficult, just if you're never going to be able to ban guns completely because of the, you know, the Second Amendment or the First Amendment or whatever the fuck amendment it is, going like, how dare my forefather said to me that I got to have a gun? How dare you? Take away my liberties? I got a gun, bitch. <laughs> if you can't stop it for that, right? For a bit of paper signed 100-odd years ago, 200-odd years ago, whatever the fuck it was signed, and you can't remove guns because of that, 
legislate it, put so much fucking bureaucracy behind it that make it impossible to get a gun and just make it very simple. You know, the, the process involved to get a license to, to then go and buy a gun, make that the most difficult process that, that anyone will ever go through. Make it the most form-heavy, the most complex background, make it the most difficult process for you to go through, to then simply have a license that then enables you to then go into a gun shop and buy a gun. Alright, so you've already gone through that process. Then when you get the gun, make the actual process and the waiting period in which you have to wait to get it, make that a, a stupid length of time. Make it a year. You know, make it a year. Fuck it. If you cannot... Stop people from buying them. Put so much legislation behind it. You would remove the people like my dad, for example, who would get one just for the sake of having it. Those people have now been removed. So that in itself is probably taking a couple of million guns off the streets. And then when you get the gun, just have daft things like, okay, every two weeks, you have to bring the gun back to the shop it was registered in. And it has to be serviced. And it's going to be $50 to have it serviced every two weeks. So that's $100 a month. And your gun has to be serviced in the store that you bought it. If you leave the state, so if you move somewhere else, you've got another part of America, you have to turn the gun in to the police department. You then start the process all over again in your new state. And then your old gun will come and meet you at some point in the line. Put so much legislation behind it. You don't need it. And and, I'm, and I was trying to think about it, and I'm going like, what what is it about it that I would I would want one? Or why do some Americans just have them? And I'm thinking, right, break it down to something that I can understand. Panini sticker albums. Now I know you're going big man, you're stretching here. Hang on with me, right? Panini sticker albums. I I I don't know why. I still do a panini sticker album. I've only ever completed one in my life, and it was the most painstaking experience. The fucking the deals that were being brokered on that school playground, would have made a fucking investment banker cry. You know, I was bent over a barrel once for a fucking shiny, dishing out £40 worth of fucking stickers. I'm basically completing two national teams for a cunt because they had me by the short and curlies because I needed one shiny. Now, I go out to a, a Tesco, Morrison's, whatever, any fucking supermarket you want, and I can get a Panini sticker album, Right? I can buy the wee packets of stickers. I don't know why I do it, but I just do it, you know? Do I like it? Not particularly. You know, I maybe enjoy it the first couple of times, and then I kind of cross that threshold where suddenly it starts to become expensive or suddenly I'm starting to get a bit frustrated by it, you know? Now, if I went down to Tesco and they say to me, ah, Panini sticker album, big man, no problem. Listen, you just need to fill in this form and we need two forms of identification and then we can give you the sticker album. I'd be like, get the fuck. I'm done. No, there might be some people who go, I, but I really want that Panini sticker album, so I'll fill that out. If they then say to me, you've got to bring that Panini sticker album back in here every two weeks, and we've got to assess it to make sure that you've put the stickers in the right place, on the right pages, and within the borders, it's also going to cost your administration fee a £25 for a member of staff to check that over. You better stick up your fucking ass. But then there'll still be people like, right, I'll bring it back in here because I really want that. 
I think that people need. I think the Americans need to get clever with that kind of stuff. And I think that if you if you are really setting out to try and make a difference, you need to need to stop. You need to stop trying to. You need to stop trying to appeal to people's better nature because it's clear when it comes to some things like that there are some Americans who just cannot be budged and are not willing to listen to reason. They're not willing to listen to any discussion on it or any 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 valid points of concern. So you just have to de- devise a way to go around it and you go around it by making it incredibly difficult and or very expensive to get it. I know it's not any way in the same level but you look at what happened with, with knife crime in Glasgow. When the police got together and they brought in these task forces and says, look, it's as simple as this. You know, we're going to have an amnesty and if you want to hand over any weapons, no fucking questions asked. And I suppose, to be fair to the police, whether or not you believe it, allegedly, no questions when asked. You know? Victor Morris was fucking shiting himself. The amount of people walking in handing over crossbows and samurai swords. Where the fuck do you get out of man? Victor Morris, say no more, say no more. And then the police turned around and said, if you are caught with a knife on the streets of Glasgow, you'll you'll serve a severe prison term. And it was lengthy. I don't know how long it was, but I, I, if I remember rightly, it was, you know, it was five years plus. There was, and I can remember, now I was never a, yes, we, you, you do daft things when you're a boy, you kick about and, you know, maybe you fucking get up to a wee bit of no good, steal some milk, spray paint a wall, but there was never any, there was never any crime in it. Certainly never any violence when I was young. But we were certainly aware, you know, there was a real fear. You know, whatever you do, do not fucking carry a knife, man. Because if you get caught with it, you're fucking done. Maybe that's the way to go down. Maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's some kind of, some kind of legalisation or criminalisation for if you are caught with unregistered weapons. You're, you're sentenced to a long jail term. But then, yeah, I mean, that just gets any further problems because American jails are fucking overcrowded as it is and that just becomes big business and the fucking thing continues on and God knows what's going to happen. But anyway, Trump is leaving. Uh, all the best to him. He's packed his bags and he's, he's Oski. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's, a mad, it's a mad, mad situation. I don't think anybody thought this is how it was going to end for Trump. Um, I thought he was going to go in a blazing glory. I really did. I thought he was going to hold some one last press conference and he was going to stand my big book and go, right, cunt, and he was just going to go through people and do all the skeletons in the closet, but it seems as if he's going to be removed kicking and screaming. And then uh, poor Melania is uh, is stuck for another couple of years. She thought she would fucking ride him to death, but he's hung on in there. Um, I've got a wee bit here, says American political advisor Mark McKinnon says Donald Trump is going out as the least popular president in US history. Oh, certainly the most decisive anyway. Um... But I'll be watching the uh, inauguration. Hopefully it goes smoothly. And uh, I think now there's a lot of work to be done on the uh, the new the new president coming in to try and get some kind of to try and get some kind of um, stability back, if you like. But does that really concern us? I mean, I just want to get back gigging. So whatever the fuck America needs to do, just hurry up and make it happen, man. If you can get me back gigging soon, then. Or anybody, Sturgeon, Boris Johnson, whatever you want. If you can get me back on a stage soon, I'll do whatever you fucking ask. I'm already doing everything I'm told. I'm staying in, wash my hands, no going out. Fucking come on! Oh, God almighty. Right, let's take a look at some... 
some uh, let's look look at some funny on news stories, shall we say? Some more light-hearted news stories rather than the um, the doom and gloom that is COVID in America. Um, now, I've I've got I've got one that was sent to me by Stephen Harry Wilson, and uh, Stephen, thank you very much indeed for sending me that. A um, couple of questions as well. In fact, let's do some questions, shall we? And then we'll go into the we'll finish off with the with the news stories. Um, Amy has asked on Instagram, and quite a few people asked. Uh, so thank you to those who did. Yes, how did uh, Murphy the two manager go into the vets? Let me just say, back into Davey's checkup, a uh, pass with flying colours. The wee man. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on this podcast or if it was on the Sunday service on Patreon, but uh, he had to get eight teeth out in the end. Now I never even knew a dog had eight teeth. I'm going to be honest with you. We had to get one of his wee tiny wee baby teeth. Oh, bad boy. And his front row taken out. Um, so yes, he had to get eight teeth taken out. And a kind of wee abscess thing in his gum fixed. Uh, but absolutely fine. Tickety-boo, yes, tickety-boo. Uh, no, no swelling, no bleeding. Uh, none of these stitches have burst. Uh, the, the vet was very happy. And uh, he's back to now. Do you know what? Doug, dugs are resilient, man. They're, they're, they're mad things I remember once he fucking ripped one of his like his claws one of his nails off and uh, like literally it would just just bounce back like it was no, no problem blood pissing all over his fur it looked like he'd been in a, a massacre because he's white and he's just walking about going like what's everybody getting all worked up for now imagine if somebody ripped your nail off I'd never stop talking about it but he said all, all well and good so he's, he's doing well and um, he can back having his dry food and his crispy treats again so he's more than happy but thank you thank you to everybody who got in touch to ask about it and again thank you to everybody who played the quiz um at the new year when we did it to to raise some money uh towards his uh, vet bills which was disgusting as a vet bill always is so amy thank you very much for your question and thank you to everybody else who did uh, get in touch with that right so uh morris stewart morris asked on facebook Morris Stewart's question is, Joey Diaz, uh, unrecognised comedy genius or unfunny gobshite riding on the back of celeb friends? <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I'm I a fan of, of Joey Diaz. I, I don't know, I, I think it kind of, it's, uh, I suppose he splits people. If you don't if you don't know who he is, Joey Diaz is an American comedian. Uh, he's been around for years and years and years. Uh, became a bit more kind of well-known out with the comedy circuit uh, or comedy fans probably in the last couple of years because he's uh, very, very close friends with Joe Rogan, so he's on Joe Rogan Experience quite a lot. He's one of my favourite guests uh, on Joe Rogan because he's had such a colourful life. It's one way to put it. So his stories are just unbelievable. You know, they're literally unbelievable. He's, he's almost like a... And I don't want to say this the wrong way, but he's almost like a fossil, but not not in a bad way. Like he literally is, because his mind's still so sharp and he's just so good at telling a story. You you forget that he's as old as he is because the way he talks sometimes, I think it's as if this just happened last week, but this has happened in like the seventies. You know, he's had such an amazing life that the stories he tells is great. Now, I have seen two bits of stand up. Uh, from Joey Diaz uh, I've never been able to get to see a full show so I would really like to see a full show before I kind of 
passed any judgment on the stand-up because the two bits that I've seen, uh, both of which were for Comedy Central, so from the little knowledge that I've got of televised comedy, although it is different in America, I imagine both of those sets were, in fact, I I know just simply by looking at them, that both of those sets were, uh, one was heavily edited and the other one I imagine would have been heavily censored, so I I know they would have been told certain things that you can and cannot say, and uh, both of which the the audiences, uh, I don't think would have suited his style. So I would love to see, or listen to a full uh, hour special from Joey Diaz uh, in front of his own audience doing his own thing. Um, but again, it, it'd be interesting to see whether or not it, it translates to a kind of it translates to a, a a live performance better because there are there are people who are very funny, very funny people. Um, and it's almost a conversation style, but their their humor derives from almost being in a group or being in a crowd. So it's that kind of bouncing off each other or telling a story, but going back and forth. And sometimes that doesn't then translate to a solo performance. Um, so I'm not I'm not sure because I've never seen or, or heard a a special from him. So I I need to actually try and you know check that out, try and find one and, and give it a listen, but. Certainly, what I've seen in the podcast, I think he's, I think he's great, and uh, he's always got some mad stories. So, check him out yourself, man. J- Joey Coco Diaz. Um, you you'll get him all the Rogan stuff. Any any interview with him and Rogan's great. Any episodes with Rogan, I could sit and listen to them for hours, man. And uh, I it must be it must be quite. A, if if Joey Diaz was one of your pals, it must be a fucking good night, man. If you sit with a couple of beers and a big cigar. And listen to Joey Diaz tell stories. But let me know, Morris. What do you think? Are you a fan? Are you not a fan? Uh, get in touch, man. Uh, but thank you to those of you for those questions. Um, right, let's take a look at this uh, this story. So the first one that I've seen is uh, Gwyneth Paltrow. Now, I I, uh, I don't know much about Gwyneth Paltrow. I think she's a wee bit kind of vibey, a wee bit happy, right? She went out with that guy for Coldplay and they've got a fucking way named As- Apple or Aspel or fucking Bleach 5, well, I don't know what it's called, right, but you may have remembered that Gwyneth Paltrow had, uh, she's got a company called Goop, Goop, and it's like lifestyle and uh, cooking, you know, healthy vegan fucking shit, and she brought out a range of candles that I believe smell like a fanny, and uh, this uh, news article, which is quite alarming, uh, and the headline simply is, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle uh, explodes in women's home, causing an inferno. Now, I think the term inferno has been has been slightly exaggerated. Although, uh, you'll see for the picture, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is uh, on, on the right, and the exploded fanny candle is on the left, in case you were getting the two of them mixed up. But yes, Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, fanny candle explodes in women's home, causing... Inferno. Um, now, this article is from the Metro, so we'll take that with a complete pinch of salt. Um, but the uh, a woman has revealed how Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, vagina candle exploded in her home. Uh, Gwyneth, 48, left fans pretty baffled last year when she released a candle titled This Smells Like My Vagina via her Goop lifestyle brand. Now, should, should uh, I mean, there's no easy way to put this, but surely, surely I would imagine that uh, a, a healthy uh, vagina, a fanny, 
should be like uh, fresh fish, and in, in the sense that uh, if you, if it smells, it's gone bad. <laughs> That's what I mean. I've you know, uh, hey. I, I I imagine if there's any sure maybe that's the thing I've never I've never smelt the candle I was going to say I've never smelt Gwyneth Paltrow's fanny um I'm not sure many people have but I maybe the candle smells of nothing is is probably what it should smell like you know because if I lit the candle and it smelled like vanilla I'd be like you need to get yourself a GP in because something's wrong with your fanny surely it shouldn't smell anything. Is this just a is this a, a, a vibey hipster way of selling tea lights? There's no smell like a tea light. Is this is this what this is? Is Gwyneth Paltrow just selling massive tea lights? In the hope that kinda you know fucking I'm just gonna light the fanny candles and uh, set my chakras. Or, or is she a hope that some kind of weird guys are gonna watch one of her movies and light a fanny candle? <laughs> and then go can you smell that, man? Oh, that's what Gwyneth Fanny smells like, mate. Oh, wow. I can't smell it. No, neither can I. It's just a smell it. That's because he's got a really clean fan. <laughs> Surely, I mean, am I wrong here? Surely the candle shouldn't smell anything if it smells like a fanny. Because if there's any smell to it, there's a problem. Taking it back. Listen, my fanny candle's buggered, mate. Smells like pomegranates and an, and an ocean breeze. Oh, come on, Scott. Read on. Some woman's been caught in an inferno. Um, maybe I'll just let a little slightly unusual. Right. So, well, uh, smells like her vagina. Well, it may have been well. Well, it may have seemed slightly unusual at first. It went on to sell out on the Goop website. Of course, it did, uh, and has arguably become a fan favorite over time. Gwyneth's fanny candle, a fan's favorite. However, one fan got a fright. Uh, when said candle reportedly caused an inferno in her home. Judy Thompson uh, had won the Goop product in an online quiz and claims that it exploded with a 50 centimetre high flame when she tried to light it. What the fuck is happened to that fanny candle? A 50 centimetre high flame. That's a very specific height of flame. No two foot. No ten feet. You know what I mean? I mean, most people would exaggerate. Okay, uh, Mrs. Thompson, talk me through what happened. Well, I won the fanny candle, son, on a quiz that I play with my grandkids. And uh, I did think at the time, can it be a fanny candle, you know? And then I thought maybe it's like a novelty one. It'll turn up like a shape of a fanny. But no, no, shape like a normal candle, but apparently it smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's fanny. Have you last seen the X-Men films? So I lit it. And then a fucking giant inferno fireball shot out the fanny and I thought, Christ, if that's what her fanny's like, no wonder that boy left her. And it was a good 50 centimetres high. How do you know what 50 centimetres is? I mean, if you looked at something, you go, it's about two feet. Very exact. Question marks here. Um, speaking to the sun. Well, this clears everything up if they spoke to that fucking shite rag. Speaking to the sun, uh, Mrs. Thompson claimed the candle exploded and emitted huge flames. With bits flying everywhere, I've never seen anything like it. Maybe, maybe that's the maybe that's the the goop fanny experience. You know, well, I, I imagine most people listening to this podcast will never have been near a Hollywood A-list uh, vagina. Maybe that's you know, maybe as you walk your way up the food chain, maybe fannies react differently. You know, maybe if you they put a naked flame near the actual uh, vagina of Gwyneth Paltrow and fucking shoot a fireball at you. Who knows what these mad fucking hippies are up to, huh? Eh? 
all that bending and flexing. Maybe she can she sucks air in as a defense mechanism in case somebody tries to you know, present the, uh, the the eye of the cave where where a naked flame. She's like fucking shaklaki and blows a fifty centimeter high uh, cannonball. Who knows? Uh, Sherry, the whole thing was ablaze. Uh, it was too hot to touch. There were there was there was an inferno in the room. Um, Miss Thompson said yeah, she was able to get the flames. <laughs> she was able to get the flames under. I was able to get the flames under control, son. She was able to get the flames under control, uh, and threw the candle out of the front door, adding, "It could have burned the place down." Imagine, imagine, imagine your granny's house goes up and smokes, huh? Your granny burns her house down. And you'd be like, was that a faulty gas leak? No, it was that fanny candle. <laughs> I thought I'd light it, you know. The near other candles in the house, I thought, I, I was interested in the smell. I was like, what does it smell like? It's a nice smell, but what an inferno, son. Burnt. How would you, would you get an insurance claim for that? Although, is that uh, direct line? I'd like to claim my house insurance. I, what's happened? The whole place has grown up with a fucking fireball, son. It's an inferno. <laughs> Of course I'll talk you through what happened. I want a fanny candle on our online quiz. <laughs> what do you mean my claim's been declined? Um, while scary at the time, uh, an understatement, Mrs Thompson says, she now finds the whole debacle pretty funny, knowing that Gwyneth's uh, fanny-smelling candle exploding in her living room. I'm glad you can laugh these things off. The candle is currently sold via Goop uh, and doesn't come cheap. Retailing at £69. Fuck off, you happy cunt. £69 for a fanny candle. Piss off. It's made using uh, generinium, citrusy bergon and cedar, as well as damask rose, and described online as funny, gorgeous, sexy and beautifully unexpected scent. Would, you, would anybody want the fanny to be described as funny? Gorgeous, I get it. Sexy, okay. Beautifully unexpected scent. Even that's a push. Next time you're getting uh, intimate with your other half, you know, and she asks you to uh, to describe the, uh, the 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 cave of love of, of the the cave of wonders. Gorgeous, I don't with that. Sexy, definitely throw that in, man. You know? With with my fanny like Franco, if you opened way, it's a beautifully unexpected smell. You'd be you'd be you'd be you'd be on a, a thin line there with that one. You'd need to follow that quickly up with Gorgeous, I love very very sexy. Oh Franco, thanks. No, if you ended with funny, my fanny's funny, you you'd never see that fanny again. <laughs> that must be a difficult one. Somebody's having to sit down and describe a smell. That's a tough one, you know. That's up there with, with the aroma of a wine. I'm getting uh, blossom and apple. No, you're not. It's, it's wine. You're either getting vinegar. That's it. People, when they when they do wine tasting, it's uh, cherry blossom, apple, um, a slight piece of uh, citron tartan, um, caramelised apple, sawdust, uh Dry, raw cashew nut coming through at the end. And I believe, yes, I'm getting some maple syrup as well. You drink when you're like, how vinegary is it? Is it very vinegary or is it no very vinegary? That's it. I mean, can you imagine being put into a room, you know? You've just got a job at Goop. You're like, I've got a job at Goop, man. The fuck's Goop? 
It's going to Paltrow's mad company, but it's fucking harness of money in it. Well paid job. It's all mad vibey shit. I'll be totally cool. Okay, Franco, if you'd like to come in, welcome to Goop, part of the Goop family. Um, we're bringing out a new range of candles. Oh, great, man. Okay, uh, home candles for the home. Um, and the first one that we're launching is actually Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle. I'm going to stop with you. I thought you said vagina candle. Let's connect, Franco, yeah. Um, so what we need to do is just sit down with the candles and just describe the smell. You want me to describe the smell of Gwyneth Paltrow's funny candle? Yes, please. And that poor guy came up with a funny, gorgeous, sexy, and beautifully unexpected scent. Previously speaking out about the candle, Gwyneth argued that it's more than a candle. It's a punk rock statement. Gwyneth Paltrow clearly not understanding what punk rock is. Because if it's punk rock, you wouldn't charge £69 for it. You'd give it away for free, you fucking dick. Speaking to Ellen DeGeneres, another punk rock fanny, uh, Gwyneth revealed she made the This Smells Like My Vagina candle to challenge the idea that women have been taught to have a certain amount of shame about their body. I don't know if that's the place to start, because I'd say if you've got a smelly fanny, there should be a little bit of shame in there. Same way if you've got a smelly bobby. You know? Listen, this isn't a, this isn't a, it's a two-way street, lads. If you've got a wee smelly bobby, or a big smelly bobby, get a fucking grip yourself. Is this what we've got me? We're 65 episodes in, and we're talking about fanny candles, and if you've got a smelly bobby. Is it time for us to go on a break in this podcast? But I need to fucking cleanse my mind. I need to, I need to de-stress. There needs to be other things to talk about than this. Fuck sake. Oh, uh, if you just light a candle that says this smells like my vagina and put it on the coffee table, it's kind of a punk rock statement, she said. Again, are they understand what punk rock is? Is that what these people think punk rock is? I'm just going to light a fanny candle and put it on the coffee table. <laughs> so punk rock. It was revealed on Goop that the candle had started out as a joke between perfumer Douglas Little and Gwyneth. Um, when they had been working on a fragrance, apparently the Iron Man actress blurted out, oh, this smells like my vagina. And well, the candle's name was born. Uh, fans will know that there has since been a follow-up to the vagina candle, uh, with Goop offering customers the chance to smell her arsehole. And I'm kidding. <laughs> a new range launched by Goop uh, to follow the very successful This Smells Like My Vagina, now followed up by uh, Gooch and Anus. Uh, 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 you can buy the three in a party pack. This Smells Like My Anus. Uh, the uh, the follow-up candles actually called This Smells Like My Orgasm. Fucking honest to God, people make me sick. It's described on the site as fitting follow-up to the candle, you know the one. There you go. Uh, the Metro uh, has reached out to Gwyneth's uh, representatives and a spokesman for Goop. Um, sadly, uh, they were unable to comment. There's a surprise. There is a surprise. I don't imagine uh, Gwyneth Paltrow and the Fanny Candle people are sitting with a pulse that's gone, I've got the fucking Metro on the phone. Gwyneth. Gwyneth. The Metro. That, that's the free shitey paper you get in the train. <laughs> you want to talk about the woman who's your Fanny Candle costed an inferno in the house. I'll put her through. Oh, in the name of God. Right, let's finish this one up, um, this episode up. Um, this is a new story that was suggested to me by Stephen Harry Wilson. Stephen, thank you for it, man. 
Uh, as I said, um, if you're not already on the Patreon, please uh, do consider becoming a Patreon of the show. Patreon.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. Every single Sunday, an episode of the Sunday service, the Patreon only uh, podcast, uh, is available. So like I said, every single Sunday, an extra episode goes out to the Patreonies uh, called the Sunday service. And uh, it's, uh, it's a belter. It's a great one. The last episode there that went out, uh, it was a great episode, so uh, do come over, become a patron, support the show. You can sign up for as little as $5 a month, um, which I believe is less than a pound a week by the time the uh, all the transfers and all the bullshit happens. So do that, patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash Big Scott Gibson. The links are on the website and also on the social media pages, right? This is the, um, is the news story that Stephen Set over, I'm going to finish on this one. And the headline is as follows. Bang, fastics. Mum suffers face burns after scoffing many fireworks she mistook for sweets. In the name of God, have we reached the bottom of humanity? I think we may have. Now, the interesting thing about that headline is that it uh, describes the woman as a, as a mum, as a mother. As if that somehow carries a gravitas. As if, how on earth could a mother have been so stupid to do that? Some of the daftest people I know are mothers. Since when did being a mum suddenly give you this air of fucking divinity? They went, I can't believe it. The woman's a mother. And she's eating fireworks. That's shocking. Now again, this uh, story is from the Sun newspaper. The shitest of all shite rags. So um, you can expect this kind of... uh, journalism from the fucking absolute disease cancer-ridden bags of human waste that work at the Sun newspaper. The headlines as follows. Uh, A mum, a mother, suffered face burns after scoffing a handful of many fireworks she thought were sweets. A lot of question marks are being raised very early on in this news article. I understand. Now, uh, how she thought there there were sweets, I don't know. I'm trying to get the picture back up here. Um, let me just get the picture. I'll start on the headline. There we go. In the picture here, she's holding the 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 fireworks. Uh, it clearly says uh, fun snaps. Now, I don't know how many sweets you can get that are in a box shaped like that. I I don't know. I, I mean, if I was to pick up a box that looked like that, the last thing I'd be saying to myself is, "I'm going to put that in my mouth." Now, maybe this mother, you know, is, uh, is is less worried about what goes into her mouth than I am. I, I, I don't know the woman, can't possibly comment. But I would say is if I found a box of sweets like that, I'd think they've been in there for clearly a long time. They're going in the bin. But no, no, this uh, renegade thought, hey, they're going my fucking gub. Lisa Boothroyd, 48, 48. Wow. A tough 48, Lisa. It says she found the multicoloured box of fun snaps uh, among the lollipops in cost cutter. Right, so it's cost cutter's problem now. Everybody's got somebody to blame. She chomped some at home, thinking it was popping candy, uh, but it exploded, leaving her in agony with chemical burns to her lips and gums. Now, I have never eaten fireworks. I know that might be difficult to believe, but it's true. I wouldn't think necessarily if I ate a firework that it would explode in my mouth. Now, is this actually a, a, a box of poppers? That bangers? You know, like the wee paper bangers you get and you'd throw them and they would explode? 
is that a, is that that's to me that's what this sounds like. She's eating a box of bangers. They're not fireworks. They're, they're bangers. The woman has found them in a, a, I believe she said cost cutters. Let me just double check that because it's important. Uh, cost cutter. Yep, she's in cost cutter, trying to cut costs. Uh, she's picked up a box of uh, what she believes to be popping candy amongst the lollipops, and uh, she's uh, she's chomped down on them. And uh, what a pop the candy has, and it's left her with chemical burns to her lips and gums. Now, if there's blame, there's a claim. I would say the blame lies with Lisa, but I imagine she's trying to do her best with cost cutter. Uh, she also suffered a cracked tooth, um, although by the look of the teeth. Uh, I think the heroine may have softened those teeth up. Uh, she said it felt like her mouth was on fire. Uh, she should have lit a fanny candle and uh, allowed the scent to calm her down. Uh, for weeks, uh, she could barely eat or sleep. Barely eat or sleep after eating a box of poppers. Bangers. Whatever the fuck they're called. She was prescribed strong painkillers. Uh, uh, and, and a month on, the burns have yet to heal. But she's still waiting for a dental appointment. Oh, Lisa. Uh, Lisa, unemployed mum of one, right? Rugby Warwick's, uh, from Rugby, sorry, and Warwick's said, the fun snaps uh, were with all the other sweets. All the other sweets. <laughs> uh, excuse me, shopkeeper. I have found this taser in amongst the Turkish delights and the lollipops. Can I assume that this is actually a sweetie and I'm going to put it up my bum and fucking electrocute myself? I mean, just because you find something among... How many times have you walked around a supermarket? I do it quite often. I walk around the supermarket and I'll see like a tin of soup in amongst the crisps, you know? And I'll go, oh, my first thought as a logical person is, somebody's got to this point, they've weighed up the options, went, I can either get a tin of Heinz tomato soup or I can buy a bag of crisps. Fuck it, the crisps went and they put the soup back. I don't turn around and go, oh, look at that. Heinz have got tomato soup flavoured crisps in a tin. You fucking dick, Lisa. Ah, it's time to start. It's time to start calling a dick a dick. Make dicks dicks again. That's my fucking slogan for this one. Make dicks dicks again. This shouldn't be a. This shouldn't be a story. This should just be you're a fucking moron. Who picks up? A box of bangers. And then puts one in their mouth and goes, Jesus Christ, that's some fucking force on that popping candy. I mean, she's obviously eaten enough of them. That has burnt her gums and cracked her tooth, apparently. Um, I just, I just keep thinking, what could have happened if I'd given them to a child... They could have blown their mouth apart, first of all, highly unlikely, Lisa. Second of all, I imagine a child would have known quite quickly that they were not indeed sweeties. Fun Snaps uh, have a tiny quantity of explosive inside twisted paper, right? So it is, it's fucking, it's the bangers. Uh, the friction-sensitive chemical uh, detonates when stepped on or thrown on a hard surface making a small bang. The box reads, Fun Snaps! along with snap, crackle, bang, in capital letters, which led Lisa to assume it was popping candy. Well, that's an assumption you made, and you are wrong. Costcutter said, we've spoken to the independent retailer who operates in the store, a Costcutter brand, and they have assured us they will remove the item from the confectionery section with immediate effect. End of story. It's, 
it's quite amazing, really, that everything that's continuing to go in the world, and you've still got, you know, journalists, hard hitters out there. Should we cover the upcoming inauguration? Should we talk about the fact that the, uh, the UK is now number one for death rate uh, per capita in the world? In the world! Ahead of Slovenia, Slovakia, Latvia. No, 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 no. Lads, I've got the story! 58-year-old woman's eating a box of baggers in the name of fucking God. Hold the front page. Hold the front page. Lisa, I, I hope you make a speedy recovery. And from the other picture that was uh, attached to the article, um, the teeth in question and the gums, uh, may I suggest that you put down the brown. Uh, you uh, you have a young son, as the article says. Uh, you know, Live for your family. Uh, heroin is not the answer. Stephen, thank you very much indeed for that. That is, that's got the blood pumping, man. That's got the anger levels up. Uh, nothing like a junkie eating a box of bangers, you know? Nothing like a junkie eating a box of bangers to bring us all together and to finish off another episode. Team 65 in the bag. We, uh, I mean, if you're on the Patreon, you've already had over 100 episodes. But we are getting uh, ever steadily towards our 100th. Uh, 65, uh, 25th episode. No, sorry. 45th, get it right Scott, 45th episode since lockdown began. It looks like it's going to get worse before it gets better. So those of us who are following the rules, keeping safe, doing our bit, keep doing it man, keep doing it. And when we're set free, when we're let loose, it will be all more sweeter when we can enjoy our time together. Listen to the show, share it subscribe, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you can be asked. Tell people about it. And if you have not yet joined the Patreon, then please do become a rascal today. Go to patreon.com forward slash Gibson. Sign up for as little as $5 a month, less than the price of a fucking coffee, and enjoy all the extra content plus access to the Sunday service episodes. Until next week, team, stay safe. Wash your hands and your arsehole, and I hope we'll see you on a battlefield very soon. Almost. on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365 day returns When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. 
Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.